Hi, everybody. This is Caitlin. And this is Jessica. And this is the Calling All Spirits podcast. How are you doing today, Jess? I am good. The bigger question is, how are you? I'm just glad you're here. Like, I'm just glad you're with us. That's that's the bigger question. I am doing so much better than I was last week. I, uh, I, I'm basically deeply grateful at this point that we release every two weeks because spending last week asleep with a fever nonstop would have gotten in the way of recording and research. <laughs> it would have. It, uh, yeah. No, I... You, you look so much better and you sound so much better. Yes, I feel a lot better. I still have a slight fever today, but fortunately, COVID seems to be calming down and leaving my body. At least I hope that's the case. No. Um, <laughs> I, I but yeah, no, for anyone who hasn't had it yet, COVID sucks. Um, and I've avoided it for two and a half years. So I am very salty that it finally got me. I'm not happy about it at all. But I am glad that it was not a terrible, terrible case. Yes. Yes. No, exactly. And it hits people so differently. Like, it hit you really hard. Um, like, it hit me. Like, I thought I just was hungover, to be honest. <laughs> but then when it when it kept going, I was like, wait, there's something more to this. <laughs> hey, and at least you have the antibodies. Yo. So now you're boosted. You have antibodies. That's, that's kind of what I, I had to tell myself. Because I kind of thought I was going to get out of, like, this whole pandemic without catching it. I was so close and I failed. No, you did not fail. It just gets it. I mean, I thought the same thing when my test came back positive. I just sat there and cried. And my husband's like, hey, now we get antibodies. And I was like, valid way to look at the positive. This is true. Let's look on the bright side. Very valid. That's super fair. But no, I'm also really grateful that I mean, my asthma is bad enough as it is. Yes, I did not get a really bad cough like Brianna did. Ooh, our spirit guide was coughing up a storm and uh so I'm glad that it was just body aches and fever for me because oh, yeah. that can be controlled with a leave. Um, yes. <laughs> coughing. There's only so much albuterol can do for your coughing. Oh, my gosh. I just can't believe I didn't know either one of y'all had it. And we're just messaging back and forth. And then it's like, FYI, we both have COVID. It's like, what? <laughs> like, where where have I been? Oh, my gosh. I am so glad y'all are so much better. You're with us today. I don't ever want to have to do these by myself. <laughs> it'll be the jessica show it'll be fine but more importantly i'm glad you're better i am i'm really glad i'm glad too i'm uh i'm not a nap taking person normally like i literally can't sleep for more than 20 minutes at a shot and if i do then i feel like i wasted my entire day which is why when i was like sleeping all day and i felt fine about it i'm like yep there is something wrong there's something very wrong if i'm okay sleeping all day absolutely Oh, that's that. That's really all you do is sleep. Well, unless you're like Jessica and you think we can record two po- uh, podcasts while you have COVID, and um, thankfully no one will ever see the light of day. <laughs> Those will never <laughs> be released. I mean, maybe Patreon just for a good laugh. Jessica trying to do podcasts on COVID. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, we don't recommend doing anything when you have COVID because no. um, your brain does not work right. No. I, oh my God, I actually burst into tears at one point because I was trying to, like, I just said something in passing to my husband and he said, what? And I tried to find the words to just repeat what I said. And the first thing that shuts down with me when I don't feel well is my language. Uh, Like, and so I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then I was hot and uncomfortable. (sighs) And so I started crying because, well, frustration crying is a reality for many people. It, It Yes. 
So yeah, no, COVID, COVID is miserable. And oh. and we should probably talk about something not COVID related because yes. <laughs> the world is aware of how much this sucks. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm glad you're better. Well, we can talk because I kind of threw it out there, even though this will never be part of Patreon. <laughs> Those lost True. episodes will remain lost. <laughs> um, you know, it's a bad sign when your spirit guide was like, um, yeah, guys, we're going to have to redo those. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, she was like, yeah, those were pretty terrible. Um, like, my sister can be cutting, but she was legitimately like, no, 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 this is this is not OK. Y'all need to do it again. Like now. Yeah. OK, Brie, we're sorry. We'll do better. Yes. Um, but we could talk about Patreon. That is a positive. We are actually trying to get our Patreon up and going. Um, and so far... I think the main thing that we have kind of arranged is the idea of a show after the show, because once we get up and going um, and talking, we'll get done with our topic and we're like still chatterboxes for a solid half hour (laughs) afterwards normally. So we decided to just keep recording and those conversations will be available on Patreon along with a few other ideas we're tossing around. And if any of you have ideas for what you'd like to see in Patreon, I mean, you, you'd be paying for it. So tell us what you want. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, we've talked about actually video recording these sessions. So you'll actually get to see us. I would love to do like just little private get togethers, you know, like not well, Zoom. That sounded weird. But like by Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. But you can ask us questions. We can talk. You can meet us. And that would be really fun, too. Yes, I definitely vote Zoom because we actually have quite a few international listeners and I'd like to be able to include them. Absolutely. Oh, I know. I, I Can we give a little special shout out to Belgium, to our yes. listeners <laughs> who has been, which we love all our listeners, don't get us wrong, but you, they have been with us since the very beginning. We don't know who you are, but we want to thank you. Yes, I think the only episode they haven't listened to is the intro episode. Every time we get a new one up there, their tick goes up and they're the only ones in Belgium. So I'm pretty sure that that's just one person listening or unless they're listening in a group. I don't know. I'm imagining all kinds of things. But thank you to everyone listening in Australia and England and Mexico and Canada and Alaska and all over the place. It's oh my god, it's so cool. I think we actually have in. I think we just got a listener in India the other day too. I think so too. Do we have Australia? Might have been a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I thought yes. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's so exciting. So thank you all. I mean, when we started this, I literally was like, well, my my mom will listen and my dad, and that will be awesome, <laughs> and like my best friend. But I mean, it's really incredible. It's really incredible. I am super blown away. I'm also stoked. We are so close to a thousand downloads. <laughs> we are less than 20 downloads away. Like by the time this episode comes out, we may already have a social media post up about hitting a thousand downloads. Like I'm, we started this in February. I, it's so humbling. It's so humbling and amazing. And I think we, I may have to pop that bottle of champagne I've been saving. Like, Ooh, I think you might. I know. May have to break out the Vuv because like, well, for every year for my birthday, I get a bottle of Vuv. I'm probably mispronouncing it. The Texas version. <laughs> but I always, it's not something I, I get it once a year for my birthday. And then it's like, wait, when do I get to drink it? So then it just sits there and I'm like, this may be a reason. We may have to open it up. I think this is a spectacular reason to open I it. I think so too. I think that so. I'm going to put it on ice. I'm going to get it chilling, get it ready. So you just tell me when we hit a thousand. Absolutely. <laughs> Not a problem. I will probably 
call both y'all freaking out about the fact that we hit a thousand. <laughs> so, I mean, would it be one of our podcasts if we didn't even acknowledge that it is so hot right now? Oh my god. I didn't like honestly, I'm I'm glad that I was inside with the air conditioning on for my fever because otherwise I wouldn't know if my fever was due to COVID or due to Texas. Th- that is true though because I was outside once and I came in and I was so hot and I took my Tim shirt and it was like uh, it was like 99.9 and of course I panicked and then it was my mom was like just wait 30 minutes and take it again it's like oh okay like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just the exactly thing. like this is this is the time of year that you want to run away to summer camp and go swimming in the lake or something and there's not a summer camp or a lake close to where I'm at that I'd be allowed to go run and play in. So, <laughs> no, I can't do it. But it gives you the fond ideas of, like, dirty dancing when they're at camp and and you have the lake or something. Well, and that leads us into what we're going to be talking about today because in honor of summer and summer camps, we're going to be talking about Lilydale today. Yay! Which I'm sure is not like 103 degrees right now i'm sure it is lovely <laughs> you know what i'm gonna check the weather because they're Ooh, in new york check it. and like every time joey checks the weather for new england he makes me want to punch him because <laughs> don't remind me of where we're at and where we could be uh, <laughs> well considering Lillian, new york when they have their camps in the summer it cannot be miserable like you couldn't you couldn't do that here in texas no, yeah, of course not. Like, that's just not feasible. No. Um. So I know it's an actual factual community in town. Uh-huh. Um. The weather app does not agree. Oh, So I'm rude. just going to go with New York City's temperature right now. It's 85. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's our fall, Caitlin. That is our fall. That's our, like, October, November. <laughs> right? This is the weather we're grateful for come Thanksgiving. Well, let's forget about the Texas heat. And I say we travel to Lilydale. Here, here. Woohoo. So we'll go ahead and get started. Now, for those that don't know, Lilydale Assembly is known as the largest community dedicated to the religion of spiritualism. It's located above Casadega Lake, which is 60 miles south of Buffalo, New York. And what I, I love the pictures because the residents live in these adorable Victorian little gingerbread cottages. They're situated along narrow winding roads, surrounded by groves of old oak trees and maple trees and hemlocks. It's really so adorable. And if you love the Victorian period like we do, like, I love these houses. Like, I want one of these houses. I know. And I have, so spoiler for later in the episode, it's really hard to buy one of those houses. And there's a whole process. So I know. I wanted, though. I know. (laughs) Do you know I actually get on like Zillow or get on these things or not. I don't know if they're even on Zillow, but if you go to the website, you can see like the houses that are for sale. I yep, do. I was this. looking at them. <laughs> I do this on a regular basis. Um, They're so cute. Now what they're known for is because every summer thousands of just of spiritualists and even skeptics and guests and people from all over come to Lily Dell to consult with mediums and spirits. And What's really special about Lilydale is, well, some people we've talked about, you don't have to be part of the spiritualism or you don't have to um, be a spiritualist to be a medium. But in Lilydale, you do because spiritualism in Lilydale was the only religion. It was a way of life then as it still is today. So they take it very seriously. 
And we're going to start off, of course, as we do with the history of it. And then we'll tell you a little bit more about what modern Lily Dell is like. So we're going to travel back. You'll remember this from a past episode that the religious fervor of the burned over district led to a complex transformation of upper western New York state. And it really became a haven for spiritualists. Um, and as they say, every great movement comes from a series of circumstances. And this is also the case with Lilydale, New York, because we don't really start in Lilydale. It doesn't, they don't just move there and start a community. It kind of goes back. So it starts actually in Leona, New York. That's where we have to start our story. So Leona had become a stop for traveling lecturers that spoke on a variety of topics. Some were pretty common like politics. But there were also these radical ideas of the time of abolition and women's suffrage and spiritualism as well, or spiritual topics, if you will. Um, one of those well-known speakers to pass through Leona was a Mr. Andrew Jackson Davis. Hey, we know him. We do know him. And if you don't know him, go back and listen to that episode. Yes. Exactly. You'll learn all about the Burned Over District and Mr. Jackson Davis. Now, during the winter of 1844 to 1845, Dr. Moran of Vermont was giving a series of lectures about animal magnetism and mesmerism. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Another episode, if you didn't listen. Yeah, go you back. should go back and listen to that one, too. Anton Mesmer. Funny how we covered all these. I wonder if we had a plan. <laughs> uh, it's almost like we knew they'd come up a lot in future episodes. <laughs> now, weekly demonstrations were held in this local grocery store. So I love it. It's just a local general store that these lecturers are coming to. That's so cool. I know. It's just great. And large crowds from all over Chautauqua County and beyond were gathering in this store to hear these different speakers. Or to come see Dr. Moran of Vermont and his mesmerism. Now, there are two local gentlemen that we really have to focus in on. One is a man named William Johnson. And um, he was the son of a local Methodist minister. But he was fascinated by mesmer and his techniques. And um, so he went to watch Dr. Moran. And he was just so enthralled that he decided, I want to do this too. So he started studying mesmerism and learning the mesmeric process so he could do this himself. Now the other gentleman was a man named Jeremiah Carter and you'll also see him referred to as Dr. Carter and he was hoping to, to attend Dr. Moran's demonstration so he wanted to go but sadly he couldn't because he um, had to go take care of a sick family member. So he never got to go see him in person but he was really interested in him more for the healing ability because he was in the early stages of consumption Oof. so we thought maybe he could heal me so as fate would have it William Johnson the young guy that studied mesmer was fascinated he would actually be the one to eventually mesmerize Jeremiah Carter so that was Aww. he was the one that did it yeah now in the mesmeric or magnetic sleep Dr. Carter claimed to actually be a different individual named Dr. Hedges. So um, when he went into this trance, he said he was no longer himself. He was this doctor. Um, now, while he was in a trance state, he knew things he shouldn't have known, was able to heal, demonstrate spirit communication, and more. So it was kind of, so people would come to see William Johnson put him in a trance and then what happened after that? Now, later, Dr. Carter was actually able to enter the trance without Johnson. Like, he could just 
pop into it on his own after that. So they're kind of getting it going. People are coming, they're interested, they're wanting to learn more. So a spiritualist society was formed in Leona in 1855 called the Religious Society of Free Thinkers. Um, they purchased an old universal church for their meetings and for their platform demonstrations. And some of the early lecturers that would come were Andrew Jackson Davis, Mary F. Davis, later Elizabeth Lau, and Cora L. Scott, who is a fascinating medium. We will cover her. I mm-hmm, really sure. like Cora. So these are getting popular and they decide, hey, wouldn't it be fun to do a picnic? So we'll do an all-day picnic. You can come and bring food. We'll have speakers. So William Alden, a member of the Leona Spiritualist, owned a farm along Middle Casadega Lake. And he agreed that you can hold this picnic at my farm. So this was established in 1873. That's when they held their first picnic. Large crowds gathered from all around to come spend a day listening to guest speakers and seeing demonstrations. So it was such a success, they started having a picnic every year. But what they noticed was was the crowds were getting bigger. And instead of just spending one day, they'd spend two days. And then by the end, they wanted to spend three days. So this thing was growing. And that's when they thought, hey, instead of just doing a picnic, why don't we have a camp instead? (laughs) So it actually came from the spirits. The idea initially started with them. In 1877, four years after that initial picnic, Dr. Carter heard an unseen voice say to him, go to the Aldens and arrange for a spiritualist camp meeting. It said that he kind of tried to ignore it at first and was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but the spirit requests became more urgent, even preventing him from sleeping. They always, they always come at night. I know it's because we're less distracted by the mundane, but it gets really old when it's three o'clock in the morning and you have work the next day. Just saying. Exactly. Yep. They were relentless. They weren't, they're were like, no, you're going to do this. So finally he concedes and he walks six miles from Leona to Casadega to speak with Willard Alden. And Alden just gladly accepted the plan. Like, yes, you can have this camp on my grounds. The only catch was you have to cover all the expenses. So you can have the land for free, but you, y'all, which makes sense. They have to pay for the speakers and everything else. So a spiritualist camp committee was formed. And the first camp meeting was held on September 11th to the 16th. And the cost for admission was 10 cents. Very cool. That is not the gate fee today. (laughs) No, it's not. And I love the little side note that it was Dr. Jeremiah Carter was actually the one standing in the road collecting the money. So he's like... He's putting this whole thing on. He's in charge and he's the one collecting the money too. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, he was devoted. I know. Now, just a little side note. It's important to remember that camps were not uncommon. And almost 400 religious camps of various denominations were held in the summer. So this was pretty, pretty normal. Spiritualist camps were no different except they were making contact with spirits. So that that makes them a little different from the Methodist and the Baptist. You're just contacting your grandfather's spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's same general process, just a different spirit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically it. Also, this wasn't the only spiritual camp at this time. There were several significant and reoccurring spiritualist camps, meetings, and conventions in western New York in the mid-1800s. This just happened to be one of them. 
Now, everything is good until Mr. Alden passes away on February 25th, 1878. Now, that year, the camp continued as normal, and this time it lasted actually for 10 days. So, it was September 6th to the 16th, so it's growing. Still cost visitors 10 cents, so they didn't go up on their prices, but this is when they're going to run into a problem. So, Alden is passed, and his son Theodore takes over the property And I kind of get Theodore's point. He says, okay, you can have it here, but we want to receive a percentage of the gate. So if you're using our land, we get a cut of the gate. So, well, the committee was like, nope, we're already covering all the expenses. You don't get a part of the gate. But I kind of get it. If they're having it on their land and they're giving their land, I feel like they should get maybe a little something. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, it's no different than a facilities rental fee. That's what I kind of think, too. And, like, the committee is, like, appalled at this. Like, how do it, How could you ask us that? <laughs> but yeah, No, I mean, it, having it come out of the blue, I can see why they would be off-put by it. It's no different than when you have a wedding or a conference, you still have to pay to have access to the facilities. Like yeah. maybe something more like a rental fee versus a percentage of the gate take. Right. Yeah. Just a little compensations. For sure. Well, the committee was unwilling to agree and they decided we'll just move it. That's fine. We'll just move. We'll take it off your land. All right. So on August 23rd, 1879, a group of spiritualists met to discuss organizing a camp independent of the Aldens and secure a new location. And they wanted, they kind of wanted to get more formal. So they wanted to organize a corporate body under the New York state laws for the purpose of buying land and conducting camp meetings. Several locations were suggested, including Chautauqua Lake, Lake Erie, but Casadega Lake was ultimately chosen. Now, Amelia Colby was tasked with naming the new association, which she did calling it Casadega Lake Free Association. So if you've noticed, we still haven't gotten to Lilydell yet. Nope. <laughs> still not calling it Lilydell. But this is basically Lilydell. But it was known as the Casadega Lake Free Association. The necessary papers for incorporation were filed and on August 26, 1879. So it's official after that. So what they did, they they looked all around the lake. They acquired the first 20 acres, cost of about give or take a few. And that is the beginning of what it was known, what is now modern day Lilydell. Now work started immediately. I mean, these people didn't waste any time. They bought the land and like a few days later, they were already starting to clear the land. They had work bees, um, which were held and that included men, women, children coming in to help clear the land and build. And one of the first buildings constructed was a grand two-story hotel Because the president, Cobb, at the time knew it would be impossible to conduct a camp meeting without a suitable place for eating and sleeping, which that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I I like that he had a head for logistics because that is kind of important. I do, too, because part of me is like some of these camp meetings when we talked about the revivals, I feel like people just went out with tents and stuff. And he's like, no, we need a two story hotel, which I am all about that. Like, oh, for sure. You go. Especially it, it gives not only gives an air of like officialness. But it is way more pleasant and you'll attract more people because it's kind of like if you hear there's a really cool gathering, let's all go. Yes, let's go. And then it's like Burning Man and you did not plan ahead versus if you're saying, yeah, let's go. Oh, they have a hotel. I didn't even think about that. Perfect plan. Let's go now. Agreed. 
I mean, I know there are people that love to camp. My sister's one of them. They're happy in a tent. I am not. I would need that hotel for me to go to that. I'm always conflicted about camping because I love camping, but I have to pee so often. Yes. And the facilities are always so far from the tent. Yes. Thank you. No, I I admit it. I'm a snob. I will stay at the lodge because I want air conditioning. <laughs> A restroom right there. That's that's why I like cabin camping. Yeah, the bathroom's usually in the building. Yeah, and then then you can do it like in the winter when there's snow. Yes, this is true. And you won't freeze because I am I am I like the cold, but I'm not that. Cold. No, me neither. So Mr. Cobb was thinking of people like us that would be coming. Yes, he, he, I like where his head's I at. D- that's awesome. I do too. So on June 16th, 1880, and I will say another source I found said June 15th. So I'm going to put it out there if anybody corrects me. I saw both dates. So mid-June. Mid-June, 1880. <laughs> the spiritualist dedicated the Casadega Lake Free Association to free speech, free thought, and free investigation. And Mrs. Elizabeth Lau and Miss Amelia Colby were the featured speakers. Now, this kind of cracks me up. So Miss Colby's train was actually really late. So the first speaker had to talk for two hours to an audience of, of 1,200 people. So you know she's up there and just like keeps looking to the side and they're like, nope, just gotta keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Two hours she had to cover before Miss Colby got there. I know. Yikes. That's, I mean, I hopefully the spirit moved her and I it went well. So too. I mean, I would have been giving people panicked looks at that point of like, get me off the stage, but she stuck with it stuck with it that's it is impressive good on i her. agree um but it was just a really fun festification people brought their lunches and they all joined for a picnic after that so over the years as you can imagine it just grew in 1887 they expanded with more they purchased more land several cottages were erected on the grounds a large open-air auditorium Then they got a post office, a telegraph office, a train depot. Very important, a ticket office at the front gate. Mr. Dr. Carter is not just sitting out there collecting tickets. They have a ticket office. (laughs) I mean, given the train delays, I think having the train depot is also pretty It is. I mean, and they're really forming, and you may talk about this, they're forming a a town. Like, it's a town. Um, In 1888, the library hall was constructed, and it's still there today, and it's beautiful if you see pictures of it. It's really pretty. The first floor was for meetings and classes, and on the second floor, they had reading rooms for seances. I mean... Ooh, I, I like do, that too. So I wish our library was like, and now here's your seance room. I wish that would be so cool. I don't know. Given how haunted some of our libraries are in Texas, that might be a gamble we don't want to take. <laughs> oh, that's true. Or if you had the seance rooms, the ghosts wouldn't be as nosy because they'd be heard this more This is true. Often. This is true. I like it. I would go to a library that had seance rooms, but... That's because you'd go to a library. (laughs) End of sentence. (laughs) With or without the sister. (laughs) They're my happy place. Oh, same. I I agree. I love that place. In 1889, the school district was established. I mean, how cool that, like, you could go to school in Lilydale. Um, In 1894, I just thought this was a fun fact. They completed a bowling alley. Ah. I just love that. (laughs) 
they also of course had bathhouses. I mean, they had more than what I'm I'm listing. I just picked out some favorites. In 1895, electric lights for Camp Susan came about and they started spiritualist training school and classes. 1900, they have 300 cottages and 60 families living there year round. Oh, wow. I know. And by 1923, I know I'm jumping ahead in the story, but as we're talking about adding on, I did not want to leave this one out. Um, They started having outdoor services at Inspiration Stump. Officially, that's when it was officially added to the camp program. So they've been having these since the 1890s, but that's kind of when the Inspirational Stump became official so i just wanted to throw that in so the stump location has been almost a hundred years incorporated into the practice area yeah yeah and you're just supposed to be able to really feel the spiritual energy there which i mean oh to ever get to demonstrate at the stump for a medium that's like one of the highlights you can ever have like i i would love to be good enough to go and demonstrate there one day that would just be so cool i mean I'm I'm the little weirdo. I'd want to go in the middle of the night when there was nobody around and see what I felt <laughs> without interruption from other people. I don't know if that's even allowed, but I really want to do that. <laughs> I bet you could. I bet you could at least go there just and sit in 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 the quiet because they do demonstrations, I think, twice, twice a day. I mean, that may change when you're not in camp season, but twice a day. So, yeah, I think there'd be time to just go and sit and feel the energy. Or potentially just don't go during camp season and... When there's less going on. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't see why you couldn't. Now, um, so that's all to say this place is growing. We're going to end with just some interesting things kind of about its history. First of all, in 1882, Margaret Fox Kane was at Lilydale. What? So Maggie was there. Um, so that's really cool to point out. And in 1915, the Fox Cottage was moved to Lilydale from Hydesville, New York. This is true. We were talking about that at the end of the Fox episode. And yeah. then sadness happened after it was moved. I know. I have very mixed feelings. First of all, I don't really love it left Hydesville. And second of all, it burned. Yeah. Not that it was Lilydale's fault. I'm not blaming them. I'm just really bummed. I'm always conflicted about houses being moved because you lose so much of the original vibrations and the way it felt and like the what makes it what it is when you move it and for better or for worse that's what happens but that house especially 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 since the peddler was in the basement and they didn't move the basement i know i know i i i, I just yeah i don't i'm not i mean if i'm giving my honest opinion and and goodness gracious it may have been to preserve it and if it was bless oh them, yeah like probably they were was. trying to save the house i'm just really sad it got moved out of hydesville but that's my own personal yeah, they wanted I mean, to give it a place of prominence where it would get the yes. appreciation and the visitors that it warranted Why? as an amazing museum and place of history for the spiritualist movement. Like the motivation, absolutely understand it completely. Mm-hmm. The fact that it happened is a bummer. And the fact that it burned down afterwards is a double bummer. It is. It is. So, but one to mention the Fox sisters there. Yeah. Now, it's still Casadega Lake. So how do we get to Lilydale? Well, first of all, in 1903... It's going to actually become known as the City of Light Assembly. So that's the first name change. It was the City of Light. And historians kind of go back and forth on why it changed to the City of Light. Some say it's because of electricity. Though we know there was electric lights earlier than 1903. It's kind of like, I guess that's when the whole camp got electricity and it was all electrified. And so they called it the City of Lights. 
But, and I kind of lean more with these historians. A lot of historians actually say it really wasn't electricity. It was because of the enlightenment of the free thinkers there. I don't know. So there's a debate on why it got the nickname the City of Light. Was it the people or was it just electricity? When did Paris start getting called the City of Lights? I don't know. That'd be good to look up. I'm Googling now because I'm curious because yeah. I can see like because by 1900 we are a pretty we're moving pretty globally as a world community yeah. and uh, so I'm like did Paris take a, a umbrage at this were they upset or did they even notice <laughs> considering Paris France I probably did not notice right? <laughs> probably was nowhere on their radar <laughs> probably oh. Lily don't make whoa uh, Paris was began being called the city of light in the mid 17th century and it's because Louis the Fourteenth was the Sun King. Oh, oh. So yeah, Paris being the city of lights predates Lilydale by a little bit of time. Just a little bit, just a little bit. That, okay, can I have a request? And I'm putting it on here, so there's pressure to us to do it. Because mm. I love Marie Antoinette. Can we please do the Ghosts of Versailles? Yeah. Because there are famous ghost stories. Okay, I'm writing that down. I'm, I'm writing it down. We're going to cover it. Why would I fight you on this? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't, but I just, when you said that, I was like, oh, I have ideas. Um, now, in 1906 is when it it's Dell now. That's when it the name changes to Lilydale. And I say that with hesitation because some sources actually have like the train station being named Lilydale way back in the 1800s or the post office having Lilydale on it in the later 1800s so but by 1906 it's lily dell it is the lily dell assembly <laughs> and the name is believed to be derived from the water lilies that grow in abundance around the lake and even before it got started they talked about around casadega lake there was a little area of it that was known as they called lily dell so i think this name had been floating around but by 1906 it is officially named lily dell So we're going to end with a favorite topic of ours, and that is the women's movement. Because I know, I thought you'd like to end with that. So spiritualism wasn't the only focus at Lilydale. There was also an increasing focus on social issues such as women's rights and women's suffrage. And why this was such a focus was because spiritualism gave women in Victorian society rights and privileges that they wouldn't normally have. I mean... Women were kind of be to be seen and not heard. They just, I mean, they were almost treated kind of like children, to be mm-hmm. honest. Absolutely. Um, but it's different in spiritualism. In the religion, they were able to express their opinions. They were respected. They took leadership positions. And especially in regards to Lilydale, they held positions of power in the community, which is just huge. Susan B. Anthony, of course, a very well-known leader of the women's suffrage movement, <laughs> made um, several trips to Lilydale. Her first was in 1891, where she spoke to an audience of around 3,000 people at Lilydale. Also, as part of their camp each year, they held a Women's Day event. So they had Women's Day. Um, and I found a little description of one held in August 22nd, 1894. And it just says the grounds were packed to capacity with um, about uh, 2,500 tickets sold. You'll love this. Everyone wore yellow and white bunting, star-spangled banners, and suffrage badges for the cause. So they're all dressed up. Their houses are all decorated up for this. 
The auditorium was packed to capacity. Um, they, they said it was even, even difficult to get standing room. An orchestra, orchestra played a patriotic selection. And in attendance among many were Reverend Anna Shaw and Susan B. Anthony were there. Yee. Just to name a few. Now, just a little side note. Susan B. Anthony herself was not a spiritualist. Like, she no. had a lot of respect for the spiritualist. She loved Lily Dell. She came there to speak often, but she herself was not actually a spiritualist. I love the story. It is, it, the story goes that she actually did sit with a medium in Lily Dell. Like, she went to see a medium, but she wasn't that impressed. Not because the medium was a fraud, but apparently the medium brought through a family member that she did not like in life. And so... So basically, she was like, I didn't like her when she was alive. Why would I want to speak to her now? Oh, I feel that attitude. I know. I knew you would. <laughs> and so she was basically like disappointed and was like, I'd rather have someone more interesting and someone I'd want to talk to come through. There's no time limit going back in time up my family tree. You have hundreds of people to choose from and that's the one that comes through. Yeah. Basically, I can so see that was- attitude. I can definitely yeah. support that. So basically, she wasn't impressed with her sitting with the media. (laughs) Now to end, since we're talking about women's suffrage, I wanted to include one of the biggest leaders in Lily Dell, who's known as the mother of Casadega, and that's Miss Marion Skidmore, who was really influential in the founding of Lily Dell. She was actually the daughter of William Johnson. So remember way back, the young guy that was so fascinated by mesmer and learn the techniques this is his daughter so she really was born into this yeah she married thomas skidmore who was a founding member of the castega lake free society and they just really were influential in the founding of what would become lilydale and one of her most significant contributions was the library so it began so humbly she would just collect books she had a little tent And she would collect all these books on modern spiritualism, which they have in the museum today. (gasps) That's so cool. I know. I know. So she just started her own little library. And of course, it would later become a brick and mortar building that is now named after her. So that's why it's the Marion Skidmore Library. Mm. Um, But she was a big supporter of women's rights. She was president of the Casadega Women's Suffrage Club, member of the Chautauqua Political Equality Club. And in 1894, she represented Casadega at the National Women's Suffrage Association Conference in Washington, D.C., and Susan B. Anthony actually spoke of Marion after Marion, what they call transitioned, um, which is when she passed. And Susan B. Anthony said she was the light and life of Lilydell and a significant part of its foundation. So I'm going to end with a little quote. And I did chop this up. So this isn't the whole quote, but um, this is from Marion Skidmore, 1894, about Lilydell. And it said, remember, this is and always will be a spiritual camp. Spiritualism is enthroned in this camp and outside issues must be kept to their own realm. Guests to be entertained, but not allowed to monopolize or overthrow the camp. And they actually have that hanging up. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I can just tell how much that camp meant to her. And it was just like, but I thought she was too cool not to mention, like, we can't leave out. The mother of Cassidy. No, no. Skipping her would be stupid. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to make a comparison, but in all honesty, like, no, we don't need a comparison. It'd just be a bad idea. Yeah. So that is just a brief history on the beginning. And of course, it's just grown and evolved over the years. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, you said it at the beginning. 
it's still the biggest community of spiritualists globally. Um, it clearly didn't stop growing after they after your history stops. Like it just kept going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And now, in all honesty, joining the ISO assembly is a bit of a challenge. Yes. <laughs> so, like, since they operate internationally and on a global scale, they have the world to pull from for members. So I can kind of see why they're selective and why why they're particular. Especially if you have people who are probably out there trying to prove them to be frauds constantly. Right. So, like, yeah, I I can see being kind of picky, or at least particular, not picky, particular about <laughs> what you can accept as far as acceptable application statuses. So, uh, they actually have a set of bylaws, rules, and regulations. Uh, they count assembly members as residents, volunteers, and summer program participants. And each of their members actually has a right to vote at the annual meeting. Um, and if you want to join the community or the assembly, uh, they are actually registered as the assembly as a 501c3. Oh, I didn't know that, yeah, actually. They're an up-and-functioning nonprofit. Hmm. And so if you want to join, first off, out the gate, you have to find a local spiritualist church. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So like just mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if there are a lot of mediums that don't need to be spiritualists to operate as a medium, but if you want to become part of Lilydale, you do have to become part of the spiritualist church. And it has to be mm-hmm. a recognized spiritualist church because there are divisions and splits and schisms within that church, the same as other ones. And there are some with more changeable ideals and they're the ones that stick more true to the spiritualist church of this time and Lilydale falls very firmly into the latter category. Yeah, and that's not easy in the US, by the way. Now, if you live up north, you've got a much better shot, but there aren't many churches in the US. I did see that there's one in Austin, but I don't know if <gasps> it's one of the acceptable oh. ones. Mm. And we all know how badly I deal with dogma and authority, so I probably wouldn't function anyway. As a <laughs> right, right. Oh, but that's really interesting. Side note, can I tell you what a idiot I am this morning. It has to do with this topic. Okay. But uh, it's not off topic. If you are looking or if you just want to watch a church service, The Journey Within Church, which is in New York, they are fabulous and they do their service and they're one of these like recognized spiritualist churches. So it is on topic, but it's really cool. You can watch their Sunday services via Zoom. Oh, nice. So if you've never seen one, you can see one and they have guest mediums that comes in that come in because it runs like a pretty typical church service just at the end. There's mediumship. <laughs> and that's kind of the big difference. So it's fabulous if you're interested in it. And today, since I was home alone, since um, my son and husband are traveling to see family, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Sunday. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to sit down and watch this amazing church service. It literally, Kate, took me 45 minutes. I thought my Zoom link was broken. I thought, I was like, man, are they just running late? I logged on and off Zoom three times. 45 minutes later, I realized it was Monday. Oh, today is Monday, it's isn't not it? It's Sunday. I know, because I, I was even like, I'm like, is this the wrong link? I went to their website. I went to their social media. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? They're running like 30 minutes late. And I just, I sat there at my screen for like, nearly 45 minutes. I was doing other stuff, but I sat there and I was like, oh yeah, Jessica, it's Monday, not Sunday. So I didn't get to watch it. I missed it by a day. So um, I'm an idiot 
And uh, but if you want to see one of these churches, I would highly suggest the Journey Within Church. Very cool, for sure. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I thought you were going to say something about you forgot the time difference. I forgot that today no. was Monday too. Of course, I've been out for a week, so I have an excuse. I have no concept of time right now. You have an excuse. I have no excuse. I'm just that should have dawned on me about five minutes in. But no, I just thought the Zoom link is broken or. Of course, they're 45 minutes late starting a church service. Why, why not? <laughs> that seems legit. Like, I'm glad they weren't um, that late. Yeah. Uh, that would be very weird. No, but it would be weird. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. But I also wanted to throw that out there so you can go watch one of these. I mean, it's also possible that, I mean, I didn't even think about this, but if you don't have one in your area, it might be possible mm-hmm. to become a remote member and attend services via Zoom to become part of the assembly because you have to be a member in good standing for a Mm -hmm. year with your registered spiritualist church before you can apply for the assembly and Mm -hmm. what counts as good standing they don't get into but if you don't have one anywhere near you it's i mean potentially look into seeing if you can become a remote member i think you can i think you can even join some of the ones in england too Like, I because I, I, I have looked into this in the spiritualist church, and I, I'm pretty sure you can actually join these even if there's not one in your town. Very cool. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't know what qualifies as good standing in order to be able to apply for the assembly. Yeah. How active a member do you have to be and how much can you do long distance? But good mediumship question. also doesn't necessarily get constrained by distance. So right. it, I don't know. If That's you're interested, question. look into it yourself because I will probably yeah. find 40 different uh, mismatching answers. <laughs> so if you're interested, look into it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And by active member, apparently the churches have cards, like membership cards. Oh. And uh-huh. your current church card has to be on file with their offices before you can even get a membership application to join the assembly. Wow. It's very orderly. Mm-hmm. And after you submit your membership application, you then make an appointment with the assembly office to then read the rules, regulations, and bylaws. And they recommend planning for at least an hour to spend reading over the information. And I'm kind of wondering if this is because the information is dense, if it requires uh-huh. contemplation to process, or if it's just right. really long. Maybe all of the above. I mean, fair. Because they seem pretty strict. Yes, they are. They do seem very strict. But yeah, they recommend a whole hour to spend reading the rules, regulations, and bylaws. Interesting. And then after that, you can request a meeting with the Lilydale Board of Directors in order to discuss your intentions and interest in becoming an assembly member. Mm. And after that, Mm -hmm. you will be notified promptly of their decision, which I thought, I kind of appreciated that. After all the rigmarole you have to go through, they're not going to leave you hanging because they actually say... I like that. In the breakdown of how this works. Awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. And it definitely seems easier to become a general assembly member than it does to move there. All those really cute houses that we saw. Yeah. No, moving moving there is a a different challenge entirely. So after you've gone through the process and become an assembly member, you actually have to go through their purchasing of a house process. They actually have a note on their Mm -hmm. website that says, purchasing a home in Lilydale is not a typical real estate transaction. Do not make any agreements, verbal or in writing, before obtaining Lilydale assembly approval to purchase. And mortgages can't be obtained to purchase Lilydale property. Wow. Given the prices of some of the homes, they are a little bit more affordable than I've seen in most areas of the country, in- including Texas. Yeah. But mm-hmm. cash only would still be a bit of a challenge for oh, yeah. like, that upfront kind of purchase. No, absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, even though I've looked, I don't know how often these houses come up to be able to get either. Because it seems like most people live there until 
they transition. Pretty much. Like, they're, they're there a long One, time. Two, three, four, five. It looks like there are five available for sale right now. Mm. And they range in price from 295000 down to 70000 That is not bad no. at all. I wonder if they need a lot of work. Uh, a couple of them look like they might, but they also only have pictures mm-hmm. of the outside. So Ooh. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> that makes you a little nervous. Right? But again, it's such a strict process and you have to go through so much. That may be why. Exactly. And oh, no. you actually can't own more than two. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, they, you can only, and if you inherit, like, because they call them leaseholds. So I don't know if it's leasing or if it's purchasing uh. and I think it's leasing in the city, actually. I think it, it too. is, too. But I think so. I think I read that, that they own the property. You just lease it exactly. from them. And then if you inherit a third one, you have 30 days to put one of the three up for sale. Like, you cannot lease more than two properties in the wow. at a time. Which, if we had that rule in the rest of the country, we may not have a housing crisis. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and it makes sense because they have limited availability. So I get that. It's like, can't be greedy. Exactly. <laughs> I'm actually surprised, to be honest, they let you have two. I really... Maybe it's for, like, a parent-kid thing or, like, cousins. Like, one of them can afford it, the other one can't. Maybe. Um, Or you own it for your friend or on behalf of them. I can can see why they'd want that flexibility. Right. But, yeah, no, that's... I just thought it was really interesting and kind of be nice to have that elsewhere, too. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And in order to even get... To where you can get uh, a lease, you still have to live up to standards. So you have to be, unsurprisingly, a member in good standing of the assembly. And then Uh, you get the application to purchase a leasehold. And it'll be approved or denied by the board of directors. But I don't know what qualifies as a member of good standing inside the assembly any more than I know what qualifies as a member in good standing with your regional spiritualist church. So... That would probably be covered in the application process. I'm sure, yeah. But, um, I mean, they are still a super active community. Like, not going to lie, if mm-hmm. I had endless income and I lived in the area, the activity calendar would be super tempting for yes. me. Like, they have adventures oh, and mediumship going on later this week. <laughs> and it just looks so cool. And then, like, unsurprisingly, they have most of their events Thursday through Sunday. But they also have stuff like Children's Week. And they have their weekly circles, like you have your weekly circle. Yes. And creating orographs and spirit boards and exploration. And it just looks so cool. It really does. Like, I can't even imagine living there when you're surrounded by fellow mediums. And it's in this little community. I mean, I just think it would be lovely. Like, I'd probably chafe at the rules and have problems and be kicked out. you while you live there in your super cute house i'll come stay with you for a week at a time and then i'll get out before you get in trouble oh my goodness i love it i love it you'll be sneaking down to the stump at night when you're not supposed to yeah that would definitely be a problem yeah i feel like they're probably very strict on the rules like i feel like you break the rules or go against them you're you're probably gone yeah exactly And again, because there are so many people who are trying to disprove mediumship in the world. Yeah. Especially when you have that big a pool of people to pull from. Because again, global community, I can see having high standards. Like, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And don't the mediums have to... And you may talk about this if you do. Just 
tell me to be quiet. But don't the mediums have to like be, they have to be tested mm-hmm. to be able to actually do mediums. Like they have to go through tests and it's really intense. You can't just claim to be a medium and move into Lilydale and start working. Ooh, yeah. Um, what the podcast I was listening to earlier, they were interviewing a medium uh, from Lilydale and she was talking about how it was actually like a two year process for her. After Mm -hmm. she became a member of the assembly, she had to train as Mm -hmm. a medium. She had to go through the the testing process because they don't just accept, like you said, they don't just accept that you're a medium. Even if you're practicing for two years, they have a, and I didn't know this part until I heard her talking about it. It's a timed thing. You have to get this, like an X amount of spirits come through in eight minutes. What? So they'll often have somebody trying to come through, but they'll pass because the connection isn't happening fast enough. And uh-huh. they need to get that many in in a specific time period. So they'll pass on specific people if they're not coming through quickly enough. Oh. And gosh, that I don't know how I feel about that. Same. I'm conflicted because, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, again, for listeners, in my very limited knowledge of this, I always say I am a student. But I just know in classes, like, they give us, it's funny, because they give us about seven or eight minutes to work, but I don't feel like we're ever, now, granted, we're not being, well, we're kind of, we're not tested, but they're going to critique us. But the whole point is to, like, when you have your contact, you go in deep and you you get, it's more about getting really good, strong evidence, not, it's not as much about, like, rushing through, okay, you got I don't say Grandpa Jim, move to another one, move to another one, move to another one. But maybe in the more advanced mediumship classes, maybe that's something they work on. on and I think it's only did, for the it's only for the big public meetings that they have you do that oh. in. Like if you're having a one on one, I think you're still like absolutely able to yeah. go deep and pull in really deep, meaningful messages. But right. um, that was actually a conflict that the medium that they were interviewing that she kind of had to deal with in her own brain because. Her yeah. her motivation, and along with the people who are interviewing her, their motivation is to get the most healing message that could come through. Like, what's going to help you now is more important than how who's giving the message almost. Oh. But also, like, how many people are coming through. But the motivation for Lilydale, it sounds like, at least according to them, is more about proving the continuity of life okay. after transition. I can see that. And I can see that for, like, demonstrations. I, I, I mean, I can, I still think that's, I, I can see it. I can see the thought process. Yeah. Same. Like, I still don't like it, but I do kind of yeah. understand it. Yeah. Interesting. And then once you prove to yourself to be a, a functional medium and you have passed all of their tests, you become one of their official registered mediums. And I actually really wish more websites mm-hmm. or events did this because on their find a medium page, first they break down... Like the fact that they're all tested and they're all highly regulated and you can watch public demonstrations, go to the medium's websites. But they have a whole list of all the registered mediums with their name, what their address is in Lilydale where they give readings, their phone number, their website, and their email. Yeah. Like that is super helpful and useful. I wish more websites did this. I really do too because I think one of the biggest questions, and I still have this, well, not as much anymore because now I have friends (laughs) and people I know. But let's say before that, if I wanted to see a medium, your biggest question is, who am I going to go to? Who's real? Who's a fraud? Who can I trust? I mean, that would be wonderful to have because then there's this more of who do you feel more comfortable with rather than are they legit? Yeah. They even encourage you to call or visit the medium and ask what their style and approach is like before you make an appointment. And then they finally end it on the one that is most important. Let your intuition guide you. (laughs) Which is true. I love that. 
I mean, from being reminded of that on the website, kind of helpful. Because, I mean, I pick things by instinct all the time. But being reminded you're overthinking this, yeah. Caitlin, pick one. All right. Fair. Fair. You're you're right. That That's valid. Yeah. No, that's great. And what's also kind of cool is they actually offer a free psychic reading mm. if you log in. So I can't remember what page it's on. I thought it was on the Find a Medium page, but it was... Uh, they also have a radio station that you can listen to, by the way. Oh, I love a good podcast or show. Uh, it's both. It's a podcast that you can listen to old episodes on. Uh, on-demand episodes are Angie and Friends Spiritual Conversations. Cool. But Lilydale Radio does... Oh, it's... had it up when I was looking the other day. But it's like a certain day or time of day every day or a certain day of the week that they always have it going live. Very nice. I which I thought was really kind of cool, too. I do, too. Now, if you want to visit, they actually have... I, I really like the way they do most of their website. I really legitimately do. Because they have... If you click on their visit Lilydale page, you get to... They immediately direct you to the year's catalog, browsing events. Mm -hmm. And then they list the lodging in the area that you can stay at. They recommend you go through their mediums. Obviously, they also list out all of the places that you can visit in the area. They recommend, obviously, you follow them on social media because everyone wants you to do that. But you do get more up-to-date information that way. But on top of all of that, their FAQs, like, when you're going to a new place and you've never been there before and you're really nervous and overthinking it, what is your biggest concern while you're packing? What to wear. Exactly. They actually cover what to wear. I love it. In their FAQs, what they recommend. They're like, it's a casual, family-friendly place. Make sure it's appropriate. Make sure you're comfortable. And remember, it's summer. That is awesome. Fair points across the board. But like, again, when you're overthinking things, having those little reminders is beautiful. Mm. They also have, obviously, stuff on the gate fees and what to do in the off-season. But I really like the way they run their website. It's super... Like, I don't know if the person who designed it has anxiety, but <laughs> they know how to break things down in a very helpful way for those of us who do. I agree. I was just looking through it. It's fabulous. So, um, yeah, proof positive. Lilydale is still very up and functioning and very, very popular. Yes. So they've, they've, I don't want to say they've come a long way since 1879 because they're very much the same in a lot of ways. But they've grown a lot since 1879 and expanded quite impressively. Yeah. Um, and stayed up to date in a lot of things. It's very cool. No, it's amazing. This was fun. I mean, it's kind of like going to camp virtually. <laughs> yeah. It, it, given the calendar of events and everything, it looks a lot like going to camp. Yeah. Like you've just scheduled mediumship sessions. Again, if I had endless income and I lived in the area, I, I still don't think they'd let me live or even join. <laughs> but I do think it'd be amazing to be able to go and participate in a lot of the stuff. Oh, I think so, too. I would love that. It's on my bucket list. It's one of those that's definitely on my bucket list is to go to Lily Doe. I still think that you could fit in there. So you buy the house there. I'll get a house somewhere else in Massachusetts. And I'll just come visit you several times a year. Well, there you go. I know I'm kind of scared to break rules. And um, so, yeah, I would I would probably do okay. <laughs> Well, this has been fun, Miss Kate. I loved it. Yeah, me too. I loved the amount of history you were able to find because I know that when I've skimmed through some of the history, they don't talk about it a lot. 
Um, like everybody no. references it, but no one actually digs into the history. So the history that you were able to find was awesome. Yes, and it, it was difficult. Um, if you're going to research the history, you're right. They skim over it. I'll um, The best book I found was The Spirits of Lilydale. It's on Amazon.com, The Spirits of Lilydale. And that was probably the best resource I found. Um, because, I mean, surprisingly, it's been around for so long. It's so established. But getting to the history and how it formed is not easy. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's the book I would start with if people are interested. That's a good recommendation. Because the one that I was reading that I'm forgetting the title of now, Dagnabbit. Um, mine, it, was, it was poorly written and it's not worth reading. So I'm not even going to bother talking about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I do really want to know what they have in the museum. Like, if we do manage to go for a visit, like, we may have yes. to redo this whole episode again and re-go over the history if they have a lot of the really good history yes. in the museum that's just not published online. Cause Absolutely, because I know there are probably gaps. And, um, yeah, it was just really hard to find. I'll be honest. And some sources said one thing and some said the other. So, if you live in Lilydale and you listen to us, which would be amazing, please feel free to reach out to us. You can even say, hey, you got that fact wrong. We 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 love that. Like, we want to know more. So if you're listening from Lilydale, let us know. Yes. Like, we are very much know-it-all historians, but in order to know it all, we need accurate information. Yes. So if you get stuff wrong, tell us. Yes. Absolutely. And plus, we just want to hear about life in Lilydale. And could Caitlin actually live there? And not get kicked out. We need to know this. <laughs> Based on what you know so far about me, how bad an idea is that? <laughs> there, hey, y'all want to move? You want to move north? I do. I need to get out of this heat. I mean. Because it's awful. Yeah, just move close and then start working your way in. Have an insider. There, it's, that's why you have to go first. I need you to pave the way for me so that they don't see me and say, uh-uh, get out. <laughs> there you go. Well. Until we find a way to get up to Lilydale. Yes. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do us the favor and appease the podcast gods by leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And then, of course, while you're there, hit subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. Also, as always, we want to hear from you. So let us know what you think about this episode. And if there are any spirited topics you want us to explore in future episodes, you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod, or you can email us at callingallspiritspod at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling lucky, you can always try to reach us via the stump in Lilydale, but it's very far away and I don't know if we will hear you. So <laughs> in this case, I think I kind of recommend the uh, the social media route. I would too, but I love the stump. Go for it. Try it. We believe in you. Yes. If it works, we will be so happy and excited. Yes. So thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>